Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Josh Como Show. It's been a little while since we did an episode, so I'm super excited. I got Miss Jessica Hyde and Angel Gonzalez. They recently just opened uh, a barbershop in Morristown, Tennessee, which is kind of next to Knoxville. Um, I met Jessica at Hair Slayers event, and she reached out. We kind of started talking, and she's like, let's do a podcast. I'm like, yeah. I was like, it's been a long time. I've been kind of grinding my little backstory is I was living in LA and LA slowed down. So what well, the, the virus happened. So in May, I was like, I'm gonna go home, visit some family, which I'm in Lafayette, Louisiana. And, um, I went back to the first salon I've ever started at, reached out to him. I was like, Hey, can I get a chair? Like I need to work. Um, Cali was, Cali was shut down and you know, I can't sit still. So I wouldn't get to work. So I'm in quiet. Uh, I've just been focused on grinding, and um, so that's where I'm at right now, but I miss everybody. I'm about to start pumping out some content back on social media. Uh, I've just been working behind the scenes and trying to get some stuff lined up, but anyway, thank y'all for listening. I'm super excited. Welcome, Angel and Jessica. How y'all guys doing? What's up? What's up? We're doing doing good. Sweet. So... um, Y'all, y'all are like real good friends. Yeah, we've been uh, pretty solid for like the last, I want to say, year. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Now, how'd y'all, how'd y'all meet? Uh, we met. Uh, so Jessica does um, makeup and photography, and you know she's into a bunch of content creating stuff. And she came into the school that I was going to out in Knoxville. I was going to a Paul Mitchell, and she taught a class. And then uh, I kind of just sat front row, paid attention. And then, you know, thought she I was schooled him a little bit. Uh, yeah, she was <laughs> she, she was schooling me a little bit in the beginning, and uh, it just so happened that you know we linked up uh, one time at Knoxville Fashion Week because Paul Mitchell, you know, and her do a show together, and um, okay, you know, so we just kind of linked up that way, and kind of the rest was history after that. Nice, and I I taught a class like this week, and they was asking for advice. It's like. The best advice I could ever give y'all is if y'all at a show or event, don't be scared to go talk to people and network and like just meet everybody. And it's like you never know what can come of that. Like even if it's just a good friendship. Like, but yeah, um, I strongly advise to talk, especially like you said, use that up a, a Paul Mitchell school. And it's like I know in school a lot of people are like intimidated because I just went to teach at school yesterday too, and like. People didn't want to talk, but I was like, I said, well, I was trying to make them talk, and I was like, y'all gotta talk to people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, here's your chance. But uh, yeah. so uh, I love hearing backstories about where you came from, how you got started, what age you picked up the your, your first pair of scissors or clippers. Um, so who wants to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. Sweet. Uh, so, so basically, I'm from uh, Springfield, Mass. It's a uh, it's west of um boston probably about like an hour and 15 minutes uh a pretty big city yeah it was it's a pretty i think it's the second biggest city in massachusetts behind boston uh yeah so you know i grew up in a pretty rough area um you know i'm i'm puerto rican first born in like the states both of all my family's from the island uh so basically i grew up in pretty much like little puerto rico in springfield where it's just a bunch of Hispanics all congregated to the same area, you know, where you could get like 
fresh fruit and avocados on the side of the street during the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those, they icy got the cu- best. <laughs> yeah, the best, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 then you get those icy cups and you get the parties at the basketball court having basketball tournaments and stuff. So, um, fast forward to about 16 or 17, I started sweeping at a barbershop that my barber that I went to all the time worked at. And, uh, he linked me up pretty pretty much just sweeping floors. So that's pretty much where I guess where my story started with that. Um, just watching every day. Um, there was probably like 10 to 12 barbers in there just cutting up. At the book. time you just needed a job though? Yeah, I just needed a job and I didn't want to go like working fast food or nothing like that. So 16, 17, I was sweeping the floor every day and I got tipped out at it at the end of the night, 20 bucks by every barber. So I was making two I was making 240 bucks a day. Yeah, that ain't bad at all. <laughs> and I was there eight, eight, nine hours a day. So, you know, whatever. I was cool with it. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like I was cutting hair, but I was just sweeping floors all day and <laughs> laundry, you know. And a barbershop is the best place to hang out if you're going to be somewhere all day because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, and then fast forward another couple years is uh, I went to college and I just started cutting hair pretty much like my friend's hair, my family's hair, and then uh like in my dorm rooms i was charging people like five bucks for a haircut i did the same exact thing five Five dollars for a haircut and it got to the point where i had like a whiteboard on my dorm room door and was like sign up here text me you know what time you're gonna come through and then you know i cut a couple cut a couple heads before everybody went out you know but um then I joined the military. I was in the Navy for four years from 2013 to 2017. Did you finish college or you, you just you left and did the Navy thing? I, left, I just left. I left and because uh, I, I was playing ball. <laughs> Yeah, I was playing basketball in college. And then I decided that I was going to go to the military. And uh, I went to the military for four years, like I said, from 13 to 2017. And then when I got out, I try to go back to college and I was like, nope, this definitely ain't for me. And then I was like, you know what? I've always cut hair, so that's the next best thing for me, you know? Oh, was yeah. cut. So I just went back to school and, you know, I fell in love with it. And it's, it's so you were probably, about 27 when you started? Yeah, I was probably about 27 when I got into school. February of 2018 is when I first joined school. And I went to one school, then I ended up transferring out of there and transferred into Paul Mitchell. And, Paul Mitchell has a barber's program, or you just and so the, the Paul Mitchell route too? Nah, so the barbers, uh, they have a barber school in Knoxville. Is one of their like first barber schools that Paul Mitchell was offering. Oh, okay. Uh, so luckily, I was I lucked out and I was able to go there. Nice. And then, pretty much from there, I mean, I think it's different when you come from like a different avenue of like you know it being my second career um i feel like straight out of high school you don't appreciate it as much and you're just like i need something to do and i don't want to go to college but i feel like if you get into it when you're a little older you go into it a little bit more serious you know oh yeah now were you like as for age wise you was one of the oldest or you were still oh i was i was probably the oldest in our program Yeah, I was probably the oldest in our program, and it was like these little high school kids that are like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Well, you know. in in that retrospect, I, I love hearing mindset stuff. Um, if you if anybody's listening right now that you know like around your age and is ready to to tr- make a move or even older, because 
I talked to one of my buddies, uh, you know, the Shrunken Heads? Yeah, yeah, yeah I love said, it. I think he went in his 30s, you know, like, yeah, I was yeah, like, that's, dude, that's great. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, like, um, shout out to Hair Punks, I love them people, those are my, those are like, when I first got into school, I went to shows, and they like showed me love from the beginning. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah i love them people like i love those yeah those are those are like my people peoples like i can you know hit them up at any time and they're gonna respond you know so that's cool they've always showed me love um i gotta give a little shameless plug uh me and me and hair punks about to drop some combs uh nobody really uh, knows this yet so it's, i uh, need that y'all y'all be on the lookout <laughs> watching the mail or, order one i'm there oh yeah hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got y'all uh yeah, so- yeah, but yeah, so the advice for, you know, people looking to go change their career paths or like, how did you feel and how did you get past it? Like, honestly, it's just going in with the right mindset and being open to learning, like be teachable because this industry is changing every day. Like we are trendsetters, like you can't have fashion without hair and you can't have hair without fashion, but it's like, people will remember a hair like we're walking billboards so it's like you know your haircut is staying on somebody's head for you know three to six weeks you know for cosmetology it's normally like eight weeks you know it's, it's different yeah but it's really just like constantly try to get better like never never be stagnant because if you're stagnant you'll get left behind and it's really easy to get left behind you know in this industry so you now, know, I, now, now you knew how to cut hair before. Now, when you got to school, like, did you learn new things, or like, were you, you did you try like different techniques, or are you kind yeah. of just stuck with yeah. what you knew? Yeah, I w- I'm big on education. So, I was while I was in school, I was flying to LA to go to hair shows or meeting up with you know big name you know hair people and just really just picking brains. Like, I ask a lot of questions. I'm very look and learn kind of guy where I want to watch you do it. And then when I leave, I'm going to go try it. Um, and trial and error. I mean, I'm not afraid to mess up. And I think that's, that that's what holds a lot of people back from doing new things is that they're scared to mess up. Like I rather, I rather just take a shot in the dark and if it works cool, then I, and if not, I know I can't do that again or find a way to tweak it, you know? Yeah. Or like uh, when, my, when I first started a bar, old school bar, but somebody's like, he said, it's it's all in how you, how well you can fix a haircut, because uh, I mean, if you try new things, you will mess up. But trying those new things, you will learn new things. Right. But if you learn how to fix it too, like if you learn exactly. how to fix haircuts, you can you don't have to be scared. Right. So, exactly. Exactly. If you know the techniques to be able to right, like you said, fix it basically, then you'll be fine. As long as you always have the way around, like the workaround. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So really, it's just like keeping an open mind because, like I said, everything is changing, you know, daily pretty much like mullets are back 100 percent back in. Like a couple months ago, people were like, you know, a few people were doing mullets. And then now you look on Instagram everywhere. Mullets are full fledged back. Oh, like, yeah. They're 100 percent back. People are like, let's do it. All I this got my stuff. own version of one right now. <laughs> right. I just I just legit. Um, did one today. I did some color in a haircut today that I'm I'm submitting to one shot that you know we did we we were able to do in the barbershop you know because of the space that we created in here. So 
I was talking at the barber school. I told that yesterday. I was stressing to him the importance of like, because the, the instructor was like, how do you feel about barbers and color? I was like, y'all need to learn it. I was like, I said, 100%. I said, I said, every dude I know wants color right now. I was like, you, you, you got to play with it. If that's the one piece of advice I could give like right now at this point is barbers need to jump in the realm of cosmetology. A hundred percent. Get uh, good with your ears. Don't just be good with clippers. Don't be one-sided. Don't be like one dimensional. Like if you're one dimensional, you're going to get left behind. Like is, is it, is it dope to be able to give a, you know, a clean fade? Of course, because everybody needs a clean fade, but it's like, what's the top looking like? You know, like what, what else can you create? Yeah, like you want a little style to the top too, not just a blunt cut. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So, and like, color, you know, if they, if they really want to get it. <laughs> yeah, like I want to be, like, I'm I'm a barber, but I'm a hairstylist. I'm not a cosmetologist. I'm not a barber. I'm a hairstylist. I do hair through and through, and I'm teaching myself every day. Like, I have uh, a lot of guys been asking for perms on the top? Uh, I haven't had nobody come in here for a perm, but we only been open for a week. Okay. So, anything possible at this point. Cause I, that's around my area, and I hear. I mean, I've been hearing this a, little, a lot. A lot of like young dudes in high school, all they all want their perm again. Yeah, so, a lot of people are making the the curly tops like super popular. You know, like the Odell Beckham's, where his hair is like you know sponged and curly on the top, and yeah, colored. You know, half light and half not. You know, so it's like I love that look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a clean look. It looks great. You drop a fade on it, and it's crazy. You know, yeah. it just it comes out real clean but i mean nobody has yet to come in here for her perm i mean i know how to do a perm so that's good like yeah. well yeah, you know. it's good because i hadn't done a, honestly I, hadn't, I haven't done a perm in 15 years and that was in hair school so like <laughs> i would have to send them some i like it's shame on me but i couldn't do it <laughs> yeah. i'm like uh come see me in like four days and then i'm just gonna watch mad perm videos like, yeah <laughs> YouTube is. Gonna, I'm not gonna say I can't do it. I'm be like, I don't have, I don't have the stuff today, but I'll have it in four days. Oh yeah, all you gonna say, uh, I'm booked up salad this week. Can you come in yeah. a week? <laughs> yeah. For a perm this week, come see me on Saturday, and it's like Monday, and then Tuesday through Friday, you're struggling. Like, oh, practice. Like, do this perm. Go get everything you need and practice at home. I have done stuff like that before. I'm like, I'll push you back a week and I'll figure it out. Like you got to. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, ain't no, ain't no reason why to turn, you know, turn away money and then. You start one perm, you know, it's going to take you a little bit, but, you know, with perms, you could double book. So, really, you're making mon twice the money, you know? Oh, yeah. You could charge money for that. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. So, it's just, I'm I'm not going to turn them away, and I ain't going to tell them I can't do it. I'm going to go learn how to do it real quick. That's what's so up. There's enough stylists in the area for me to be like, hey, do you do perms regularly? I need to come watch you do a perm. Yeah. That's even like, better. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I have no shame asking somebody to tell, to help me. No, I, I I firmly believe too. It's like, especially, or like, I watched a girl in my shop. Uh, I got back over here, and the shop I went to, I still, I was like, I went to the busiest girl in the shop, and I was like, hey, I want to watch you do your balayage because you're one of the coolest in Lafayette right now. And she yeah. was like, okay. And then like when I left that shop, she was just starting, and the balayage ombre look was just coming in. And I messed up a, a couple of them because I didn't look it up. And I was like, I'm not doing this no more. And then <laughs> less than six months later, the newest girl in the shop is busier, just as busy as me and charging higher for the body. I was like, well, I got to learn this. Yeah, for sure. 
And I it, went to some hair shows. I watched Candy Shaw. Uh, and, like, I learned how to do it. And then, you know, I, I got, I'm in a mix again. But, right. yeah, there's no shame in watching people. No, and, and the best thing about this industry is that everybody that I've met is open to just being like, yeah, come through whenever you want. Like, oh. come watch me. You know, they're they're not they're not withholding their knowledge, you know, and that's and like that's where it's where I feel like it's the best. Like, like if any barber hits me up and they're like, yo, your work is clean, you know, and I'm like, I'm just a year out of, you know, school technically, you know, so like I'm like, yo, if you want to come to the shop, come to the shop, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said you're fresh out of school, but like you said, you've been doing it for for 10 years at the same in the same breath you got your techniques down and you got your, your style down right like, right uh I, I tell higher stylists i was like don't ever tell your client how long you've been out of school i was like just say man i've been doing this forever and i was like keep the conversation rolling i said because right. if you say one year they're gonna be like uh and they're gonna judge you harder so i was like that's right. how i play it off i'm like i've been doing this since i was 13 <laughs> right. But in the same breath, I like to be like, hey, I've been doing this for one year. And then I cut their hair and they're like, oh, snap. You, you're like this and you've only been doing it for a year. Yeah. I like that and too. I, <laughs> you know, so hiding, I'm hiding how, how long I've actually been doing it. And you're impressed the fact that I gave you a dope fade and I've only been out of school for a year. I like that. I like that mentality too, though. You know, so it's like, <laughs> it's like they, they set a low expectation for you right off the bat and they're like, and then you blow them out the water, and they're like, "Oh snap! I'm gonna come back every time now." Like uh, I do like that mentality. I never. You know what I'm saying I like if talking to them, people for that for that reason too. Like, <laughs> right? If you tell them ten years, they're gonna be like, "Oh, there shouldn't be one flaw with this fade." But if I, they're gonna be like, "Oh, he fresh out of school, lower expectations," and then I'm, you know, I hit him, and then they're like, "Oh snap! Let me find out." <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well, that's what's up. Uh, well, let's hop on to Jessica. Uh, and then after you finish, I, we'll, we'll start talking about where y'all at in your careers now. And I would love to hear, um, how, how you brought the barbershop to life and what it took to, to bring it up. But, um, I'll, Jessica, let's get started. <laughs> oh, you want me to just tell? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, like, <laughs> I was at what okay. point, uh, like, at what point you knew, like, hair and fashion was what you wanted to do? How you started? Like, what was those those uh, aha moments that said, I can really do this and make something of myself? All right. Well, so I started dance whenever I was three years old. And I did competitive dancing until I was 13. And so we always had to do the hair, the makeup the fancy outfits. So I've always been into it. My mom tells a, an amazing story of how she worked so hard and saved her money for this new, really expensive makeup. And I was really quiet one day and she found me next to the bed with the makeup everywhere into a million pieces trying to put it on my face. This was when I was like three years old. <laughs> um, when I was five, I actually got on the news for dancing and they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I said, I'm just going to do hair because I do my grandmother's hair and makeup all the time. And this was at five years old. I so like I think it was something that I kind of always knew that I wanted to do. Originally, my plan was to be a hairstylist. So uh, I was born and raised here in Morristown, but when I was 16, I moved to St. Louis. My family was in the Air Force. Okay. 
and I went to school out there. I lived out there for 10 years and started working for MAC Cosmetics because everyone in school was like, you do not need to neglect this makeup. Like you're so good at it. I mean, I had really no idea. And so I started working for MAC. They immediately stuck me in fashion shows, doing makeup for um, backstage events. And how old were you at this point? I was 21. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, it was honestly like something that I was just instantly good at. I hadn't really took any classes. It was just like pure natural abilities. I know that sounds bad. I'm really not like. Well, you probably had the, uh, the I mean, you had experience. Like if you always played in it, like you got to give yourself credit. Like I'm sure you just. Sometimes being self-taught is the best way to do it. <laughs> right. And see, I used to paint a lot when I was younger, too. Like when So you I was, knew colors. Exactly. Yeah. From when I was 10 years old till I was like 15. Even now, I would paint a lot. So, um, yeah, because makeup's all undertones and, and especially in fashion, like in photo shoots, it's how the light reflects off of it. So, I mean, you had experience. <laughs> true. This is true. And after that, I knew I loved it so much. And I, just like Angel said, I started reaching out to people. I would like find artists on Instagram that I was obsessed with. And I would just DM them for one-on-one classes. I would fly out to Beverly Hills. I did a couple in New York. And actually, when I went up to New York to take a class, I just went shopping in the Mac store in Times Square and got to talking to the manager there. And he's like, your work is really good. I end up showing him my Instagram. He's like, I do New York Fashion Week every year. Would you want to consider being one of my artists? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yes. And so just from like going in there, not being scared to talk to people, I made that connection. And I've done New York Fashion Week every year for the past three years, minus this year, because I was actually out in LA doing my Hair Slayers event during Fashion Week. But nice. yeah, well, I know so- that's a super hard event to get into. So the fact that you got into it like that, I, good for you. <laughs> I always say that, like, I know I'm destined the way these opportunities happen. But honestly, it's just because I hustle. I network my butt off. Like, I find those connections and I work really hard until I get what I want. I don't like to be told no. So I keep going until I get that yes, no matter what. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Now, uh, you're a cosmetologist as well? Or you... I am. I went cosmetology school. I went ahead and got my license Sweet. because of, you know, the time and the hours put in. And I just loved the whole, like, industry in general. So I knew I didn't want to limit myself. No. Good, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> anyway, so it worked out. So uh, uh, now, right now, with uh, you just working in the barbershop? Yeah, so because I know with the virus and everything, like a lot of things are shut down, like especially with the event wise. So, how how are you handling or like what's your strategy or game plan right now? Um, so okay, I've kind of built up a pretty cool portfolio on Instagram. Uh Um, so where we're from, it's very country. And like Angel was saying, we both like to bring 
New York or Hollywood aspects here to the country. And so when they see what we do, it kind of makes them feel like they're a movie star, I guess you could say, or just super high fashion or totally cool. So I have actually been doing a whole lot of photo shoots for the local agency that's here in town. The models, they want fashion shoots. They want those kind of pictures for their Instagram. Um, and I use my, my network on Instagram to promote myself or reach out to people. But most of the time now, I just have tons of girls in my DMs wanting me to give them that Miss Jessica Hyde moment. And so since the shop has been able to been up to be open, um, Angel and I, we, uh, we both do the photography, we both do wardrobe styling, and then he would do the hair and I would do the makeup. So it's kind of like everything all in one, all in one place. But before that, I was just traveling on site for weddings. And actually, you would be surprised people were still getting married during this whole moment. Really? Like really? Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, okay, if you must. <laughs> my, my girlfriend had a few weddings canceled on a, uh, cause she does hair and makeup and she, she was like, my wedding just, the one she had like in two weeks just got pushed back to like next year. I'm like, man. <laughs> I mean, these people ain't playing no games. They're like, we're getting married. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> they was, but yeah. Um, I just network. I've like, I do all my own, everything, booking, marketing, networking, editing. And that's why I was so happy when I met Angel, because I've had so many people in the past want to help me. But then when it comes to like the work they have to do and my standards, then it's just like, they want to work until they see the work and then they, they don't want to do it anymore. Like it's not easy and it never ends. It never stops. Like I don't clock out. No, no, you, you can't. Know? And I go home and I'm still editing or if I have to be somewhere and you don't feel good, like that's too bad. You better feel great and go and do your job. So, and he was like one of the only people that I'd met since I was here that I totally vibed with. He understood my style. He knew how to get it done. And it, it was, it was a total moment for me to where I was like, okay, sigh of relief. There is someone that can help me. Cause that can be very overwhelming doing all that by yourself. Oh, yeah. And it's like you said, you have that level of expectation and people are like, uh, I, I, I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's that's, that's what it takes. That. That's what it takes to get on a level that 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 you're alone is that level of hard work. People always want the recognition, but they don't know what it took because you don't get a lot of recognition in the first few years. <laughs> right. This is true. And, and I think my biggest thing is um, I, I think the biggest issue I've had, and I told myself that no matter how big I get, you know, hopefully I get huge, you know, obviously we all shoot for the stars, you know, but um, like I told myself no matter how big I get, if somebody reaches out to me and needs advice or whatever, that I would answer their, their, their questions and I will be a mentor if they need a mentor Sure. because there has been many many people that i'm like cool i will i need to i want to learn this one thing from them or you know and i've reached out and they won't even read messages you know what i'm saying oh yeah and and honestly i think it's just like 
I know that I'm going to do my best to keep myself humble and all that stuff, because just as fast as you get it, it can be taken away. Um, and I don't think a lot of people in the industry that put themselves that put themselves on these pedestals realize it's like you're, you're only as big as you are because of the people who have uplifted you to that position. And it's like, without them, where would you be? Oh, yeah. You got a million, you got a million followers on Instagram, but you're not even remembering where you started. You know what I'm saying? The, if I, cause I, I reach out to a lot of people too. If they read it or don't read it, I just like the only, I, I get myself through it by saying they probably busy and right. <laughs> and, and, Cause it's like, you can't, you can't let yourself get down on stuff. So it's like, oh, I just tell myself they are probably busy. Like I'll try again later. Honestly, <laughs> I, I had, I, in the beginning, I looked at it like that, but like, as I'm going through now, it doesn't affect me. Like I get angry, but I'm more of like, it creates a hunger to where it's like, wait until I'm standing next to you. And then when you ask me a question, I promise I won't, I promise I'm going to answer it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, like, what people don't understand too, it's like that that quote says like you can have my recipe but your sauce is not going to taste the same so <laughs> everybody you know yeah exactly like so it's not that serious there's room for everyone in the industry so and like this is an industry where you just you you take people's you get inspired by other people's uh work or techniques and then you make it your own because i used to go to a hair class and i would watch a haircut and i'm like none of this makes sense but this little one thing i can use and it's like but you have to look for it sometimes you know uh and that's how you get inspired and you make it your own <laughs> right exactly that's that's exactly it like just because i'm asking you a question about a particular thing doesn't mean that i'm gonna go do that particular thing yeah you know i'm and if you do you so know, what <laughs> right, exactly i feel like i'm a hybrid of like all of my favorite artists you know like i take i take skills that i see with you know shrunk like with reyna and you know them in the hair punks like i take their techniques all the time and i twist them and turn them to where it'll work for me or the situation that i'm in or like i like watching charlie cut because he kind of cuts like me he just he knows what to do you know and or like if right. he, he'll make it like he knows how to make stuff work and it's not technical and that's right i like watching charlie for that reason because i'm kind of like i'm not technical either i just right and, <laughs> and technical either i'm a i'm like a feel feel as you go kind of hair hair cutter um i think yeah it's good though because <laughs> nobody yeah, got a perfect head or hair <laughs> i can get, i can get technical if i need to like i'm i've withheld enough information that i can get like real technical and break down like what i'm doing to like the book terms but it's also like i'm i'm very like how's it look in the like in the moment you know yeah, what i'm saying for sure like I'll go through and I'll snip like three hairs rather than pull it out at 90 degrees and cut it this angle. Like, I don't do all that. No, like, not, that's how I cut too. I, I, I could talk about it all day and make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, you know, really, I'm just over here like, this feels a little longer than this. So I'm going to cut this over here a little bit. I like. like <laughs> so, so um, y'all did some event, uh, like your elevate hair together too? Yeah. 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 We, uh, I did elevate Nashville. Oh, I didn't even know and they she, went to Nashville. Yeah. And she actually went to elevate New Orleans. Oh, yeah. She did, she did elevate New Orleans for Tatum and I did elevate Nashville. Yeah. And then, um, in December, Tatum brought us out to Nashville to create content for 
Aveda's um, Vibrance color line that was coming out at the time. Okay. And so we went down. Yeah, they're out, right? Yeah, they're out now. Um, But he brought us out there and we created um, a couple, like three looks, I think, three separate looks. We were at Aveda in Nashville. And uh, yeah, he brought us out there to to create content and do some stuff and collab with him. Yeah, it was really cool for a couple days. And we did a whole bunch of pictures and video and... Yeah, a couple of the pic- I know one of the pictures got put on Hairbrained, one of the one of the cuts and photos that we collabed on. Um, yeah, that was that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I was like. I was, was like, cool I was like geeking. <laughs> I was geeking real hard. I was like, "Yo, I'm on Hairbrained." Yeah, it, <laughs> shoot me right now. My life is over. I met Gerard before. They're good people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I haven't met them yet, but I will. I will soon. I know I will. Well, I went to Elevate Hair. I th- one of the first ones. That they ever had, and yeah. uh, that's how I got to meet all them boys. Like, uh, so I, I'm cool with them too. Like, but that, that's a that's a it's a fun show. I like it. <laughs> man, it's a party. Show. It's a party, man. And it's it's just like like he said. It's just like taking down that wall and bridging the gap between barber and hairstylists, where they feel like there's a wall, but we're trying to bust it down and just become one big family. Like, it's, yeah, that's know. how it should be. And <laughs> and we're. We're the cheapest therapist you can find. We're the cheapest everything. You know, you come sit in our chair for 30, 45 minutes to an hour, whatever, how long your service is. And, you know, we're supposed to make you the best version of you. So it's like, you know, so we want you to come in however you come in. And when you, whenever you leave, we're supposed to put you on cloud nine. Like, that's our job, you know? Yep. Yep. And it makes you feel good, too. <laughs> exactly. exactly. If, if someone feels good about themselves, I always say, if you make a woman feel good about herself... She's going to, like, excel in her work. She's going to do better in her relationship. She's going to be nicer to people. It's literally just, like, changes your whole life for sure. Oh, yeah. Had a girl in Cosmo school um, tell me that it was the first time that she'd walked past a mirror in 15 years and liked what she saw. And we were both, like, sobbing. I was like, Uh. (laughs) amazing. Like, it made me sad but happy at the same time. Oh, I know, I know the feeling, but yeah, but that's why I love this job too, because like you just make people feel good, and I think yeah. half half of it, the service is letting them talk, and if they vent or like whatever, like some people don't get a chance to talk in life, so like if you just let them talk, and then they get a haircut, it's like they mentally and physically better. <laughs> right, exactly. Like some people. Some people I don't even get a word in. I'm just like, mm-hmm, right, exactly. <laughs> like, I just let them go on and on, and then at the end of the di- at the end of the cut, they're like, "Man, this was good." And I'm like, "I'm glad I could help you." <laughs> Angel said the other day that he he said whatever political side they're on, that's the side that I'm on when they're in my chair. <laughs> yeah. If I got a Republican, I could talk to you about the Republican side of the story. If I got a Democrat, I could tell you about the Democrat side of the we story. We had a situation like that the and, other day, so it was yeah, kind of funny. If you're a liberal, I got all the liberal views. You know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, I mean, really, we got to stay up on current events. We got to stay up on current trends. Like, we got to stay up on everything. Like, Yeah, I just, I, the way the people start talking, I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, I don't say yeah. nothing. I'm just like, uh-huh. Totally agree with you. Yeah. Yes. You oh, know, and like, then they your opinion, and then what am I supposed to say? Um, I don't really get into that. Uh, well then, you know, that's where the conversation kind of dies and they're like, okay, well, that's awkward. Now, where do we go from here? <laughs> really, 
just like, yeah, yeah, I could totally see your view on what this is and what that is. And, you know, but I kind of stay middle ground without saying I'm totally for that or I'm totally against that. And you know, that's probably the, the best way to, to do it, you know? Exactly, exactly. I don't I don't hurt nobody's feelings while also not getting my own feelings hurt. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> whatever. People have their views. I don't. Well, I don't. Uh, now, y'all both sound like really busy hairstylists traveling, uh, in this case, opening a new shop, doing shows. How do y'all balance your, like, home life, uh, travel life, and then how do you take care of your clients and, like, keep them happy at the same time? Because I know once you start traveling, it is hard to, like, hey, I'm doing, uh, I can't get you in for, like, two or, like, more time than normal because I got too many clients and, you know, I don't know if I can fit you in. So, if y'all both want to talk on that, I think that's a great topic for a lot of hairstylists because yeah. I struggled with it. It's hard. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it definitely is hard, and it's more of like... You just do it. You just do <laughs> yeah, it, okay? Yeah, yeah. The easy, I guess the easiest term is to just figure it out, but um, as far as like... <laughs> really, really, I feel like it's just like, as long as you have like a, a strong support system, like you got to have people that like allow Understand. you... Yeah, and allow you to like... Because, you know, you get frustrated, and like every other human, you get frustrated with things, you know, and it's just having that support system that is able to like have your back and let you vent or understands long days. Right. Or... Exactly. And just like, Hey, I had a long day. Like I'm not really trying to talk about nothing. Like, let me just eat my dinner and just watch TV. Like I just need to some silence, you know, it's really just, you know, it's just day by day. It's different, you know, right. obviously and we do talk for a living, <laughs> right? We talk for a living. Exactly. And it's like the whole day, no matter what, when you walk inside that door, Whatever happens outside of those doors, when you walk into the salon or the barbershop, has to stay out of those doors. You don't bring any of that into work and because your clients can feel it, the people in your work can feel it, and it's just, it's, it's an energy thing. Like, cleanse it before you come in, and if you got to pick it up because it's sitting right outside the door when you leave, that's fine. But when you come in here, you got to be happy because people expect you to be happy, you know, and it, I feel like, you know, like I said, the support system is kind of the biggest thing because, you know, like as far as like traveling and having families and you just got to make time for everything. Like even if you may be tired, make family time. Even if you may be exhausted and don't want to talk, sometimes they just want to talk, you know, so it's just really just finding a balance. I don't think there's a science to it. Um, I think it's a feeling where it's like day by day, you know, it yeah. changes because what if you had a really good day and they had a really bad day? You got to listen to the bad day. And then hopefully, you know, sometimes you might just have to put your good day in your pocket and save it for later. Like, Yo. <laughs> right, right. You got to empathize, you know, and sympathize with them. And you got to like put it in your back pocket. And then the next day be like, yo, yesterday I forgot to tell you, you know, or the next good day where y'all both are having good days. And you're like, yo, the other day I forgot to tell you I got to do this, this and this. And it was real cool. Like, so it's just finding the balance. Um, well, and, I feel like when you when you have that passion too, it kind of comes natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and balancing everything, and then you just find that niche, and then there it is. Yeah, pretty much. I think some people they because a lot of people tell me to slow down and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but you understand if I'm if I'm slowed down, I'm not happy. Like, yeah, right? I'm exactly. aggravated because <laughs> I'm like, like well, I, I need something to do. Real right. artists need to create. It's all the time, and it's like. Yeah, I don't. It's just 
you create in so many different ways, you know? Yeah, I can see, like, something really dope someone did on Instagram. If I haven't created anything new in a while, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got to go create something. That looks amazing. Like, I can't do this. Let's go now. Balancing everything, too. Like, if you make a – you have your your schedule for clients. I put everything else I need to do on my Vagero just as uh, personal time off, and I'll just schedule it. And then, like, that way, because you know how you wake up and you're like, I got a million things to do. I'll literally put every little task, and I'll put the task in between the clients. Uh, I've, I mean, I put this podcast on my schedule. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. and that way right. I see it. And that, if you see everything you got to do, you're going to do it. And if yeah. it's, especially if there's a, a set time and place for it. And that, right. that's, that's helped me out a lot in the last couple of years. And sometimes I forget to schedule it, and I'm like, I run around in circles that day, and I'm like, I ain't getting nothing done. Well, that's my fault. (laughs) Just, like, prioritizing things, like what needs to get done first and what could possibly fall to tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's another huge thing. Like, what can be literally put out for a week? (laughs) Right. So it's like I have this list of things to do. I don't have to do 17 things in one day. I can break it down for the week. I, I read that, like, about five years ago. Successful people have schedules, not to-do lists. And I'm like, ah. (laughs) Uh, That's what I'm like. I prioritize things and I don't necessarily need to write them down because it's like. I do. The things that I feel Mm -hmm. like, I feel like the things that have to get done stay on my mind. And then I feel like the things that naturally can be done next week will fall back and just, I'll be like, oh, snap, I forgot. And somebody will remind me. I'll be like, oh, okay, cool. I still need to do that. You know, or something that will make me remember it, you know. The, I'm gonna tell you one thing though. If you write it down, is it's almost like you took it off your plate, and it almost allows you to be more creative. Right. Right. If 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 you don't have to like worry about trying to remember it, it actually makes you more creative. Uh, right. And that yeah, it's just it, it. That's how it is for me though, because it's like I can think clearer when I'm not trying to remember a hundred things. It opens up more space in your brain. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably even try that. That's yeah. I I, I said it for that reason. Like I, I'm because I'll write it down and then I'll lose the paper. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. That's why I, I I like to write too, but like I'm the same way. I leave my notebook in the car. I'll leave my uh, you know, or at the right. house because I was rushing to get to work. Put it in your notes in your phone. You know, everybody's always got their phone. Right. No. Nah, no. Nah, that's 24/7. yeah. That's the new thing I started to do. Like. I'll make like a little list and then I'll forget I made that list and then I'll make a new list. Yeah. <laughs> and, like if I have a paper, I'll fold it up and put it in my pocket. And then when I go home, I clear out all my pockets and now it's just sitting on the dresser. And yeah. then I forget. It. So it's like, now I forgot everything that I needed to do because I unloaded it on a piece of paper and now I left it somewhere else. <laughs> like, I, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows oh. advice. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't always take my advice on note taking. <laughs> <laughs> And hey, that's why I love people because everybody's got a different perspective. And then, like, stuff for, that works for me might not work for y'all. Like, like on vacation, like, I don't like to have a schedule at all. Now, oh, one of my coworkers one time, she had an itinerary for her vacation. I was like, I was like, no. that would drive me nuts. She was like, yeah, but Josh, she was like, if I don't have this, I'm not happy on my vacation. And I'm well, like, yeah, yeah. she was like, I'm going to be aggravated and pissed. I was like, and then I, I was like, I grew respect for that for that and then it just I don't know it made me realize a lot like some people 
that's how they that's how they happy. Just like I'm only happy if I'm working. They only happy if they have everything scheduled. <laughs> exactly. So, but uh, well, this barbershop. I want to. I love hearing how businesses got started, and when I, I took ten years before I opened a shop because I, I never took the time to really look into what's involved in opening your own place, and yeah. I understand it can be hard sometimes. But once you figure out what needs to be done, then you can just get it done. So. At what point did you just like, hey, I want to shop? And then at what point did like, you was like, what steps did you take? And like, what were the unexpected things that came up along the way? And uh, and so, I got one more question: is it yeah. is it your place or is it both of y'all places? It's my place. Um, me and my wife own it, and then I was, you know, once we created, I was like, Jessica's coming in like immediately, like sweet. It just it. It was, it just worked out that way. That's the best, you know, in my head, no matter what, you know, I knew she was going to end up in this space. So, and, and it, it helps because it's in the area that we already live and we're not having to travel to Knoxville, which is, you know, 45 minutes from us. So it's like, cause that's where we would create most of the time. She, she would live, she used to live in Knoxville and she moved back home. So I was like, she doesn't have a space here to create. So I have plenty of room. So I might as well, you know, it just made sense. You know, how many chairs do you have? Like uh, so total, I have six chairs. It's a 1,600 square foot straight open, has like four walls. You know, that's it. Like I, those... I wish we could link pictures with this because yeah. this place is so dope. Well, I'm a, so... I'll, I'll link the Instagrams and then uh, on the like the show notes. So like yeah. they'll be able to just, if they, when they listen to the podcast, they'll just, and I'll put it in my post too. So <laughs> they'll so see and it's so hip and it's so classic all at the same time. It's just, it's everything. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's just, like I said, it's straight open ductwork, high ceilings, black and white, frameless mirrors, black, classic black leather barber chairs, toolboxes, you know, just like I wanted it to be industrial and like hip or what's the word I'm looking for? She said chic, but it's more of like the manly version of chic. Manly chic. Manly okay. Chic. <laughs> so like I got like the cowhide rug on the floor. I like you that. Know, I got a traditional eagle holding a barber pole on the wall that somebody came in and spray painted spray on the wall. Spray painted for by me. hand. It's amazing. Yeah, his I name is Matt. His name is Matt Harmon. It's Alpha Tattoo uh, in Morristown. He's a beast. Um, he came and created this piece for me. I just gave him the direction and like artists like every artist when you somebody sits in your chair they're like this is what i want and then you're like all right cool i'm not going to give you that same thing because i don't like to copy people's work but i'm going to give you my version of it you know so i let him kind of give you know take the reins on it and he blew me out the water it's crazy it's it's amazing um that feels good (laughs) yeah yeah um so basically like where it started was the moment i knew that i was going to barber school i told myself I'm going to open up a shop. I didn't know when exactly it was going to happen. Um, it just so happened with this, you know, coronavirus stuff that I was able to sit down and really just have that time off, you know? Um, and, and I think personally, in the long run, I think this coronavirus is going to help the hair industry because hair, you know, cosmetologists and barbers were first finally able to just sit down, clear their mind, data dump everything and just start over you know and pretty much it's more of like they were able to 
reconnect and refine the love that they had for yeah, it. Yeah, gave everyone like a new hunger. You missed because, it. <laughs> yeah, because you missed it so much and you realize how easy it can be taken away. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm never going to take it for granted ever again. Like, obviously people are tired right now because states are opening up and their books are slammed you know and they're able to make this money and come back and they're going to be tired for a little bit but in the long run i think it's going to make them more creative it's going to make them more hungry just because of how easy it was taken away and how fast it was taken away um oh yes it was a weird feeling like (laughs) right i felt and i was and at that point i was only in the shop for seven months you know so, so I, you saying I, the 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 break you got from the virus allowed you to get playing this, or like you started much, planning before this happened? Well, in my mind, I had already I had already started planning it, but okay. like paper and crunching numbers and just figuring it out was able to happen when I had that time off, you know, and really just like I said, put it on paper and look into locations um, and. It just, you know, I didn't want to go back. I was driving 45 minutes to work every day. So I was wasting two hours every day just on the road, Um, you know, and that's where the whole like planning for, you know, just finding a way to balance life, you know, and just like two hours of driving every day just kills you, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So it's like, um, so I was like, I'm going to stay local and. I'm going to create something that the area does not have. You just got real hungry real fast. Yeah. And I was like, whenever this decides to open back up, I'm going to have it. So I found my location. I looked at a couple of different places first. I even attempted to buy a smaller barbershop off of an older barber. Because around here, they have what we call good old boy barbershops, where okay. it's like two barbers who are like 70 or like one barber who's like 70 and he only does like high end tights and doesn't give you a fade don't like doesn't know how to do anything but like old school barbering like high and tights and crew cuts that's it yeah and you ask him for a comb over hard part drop fade and he's gonna look at you like i can give you this two on the top and this one (laughs) and that's all you're gonna get i can comb over but there's you know you ain't gonna get no blending no nothing yeah so the the, the old man said no or yeah so uh so i approached him he said that at that time he wasn't looking to sell it. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, that was only going to be a three chair shop. And I was like, all right, fine. And then I, you know, I looked at some other locations that didn't work out. And then I walked into the location that I am now. And the moment I walked in, I was like, this is where I want it to be. So I just okay. so happened to be. You used a realtor or you just went looking on yourself and like. I drove. I just drove the streets, man. And I, because a lot of stuff out here, um, the realtors don't spend the money. Like, there's a lot of small real estate companies out here, so they don't spend the money to put it on, like, Realtor.com or, you know, there's so many different realty companies out here because it's, like, a vacation spot. So, realty is hot out here that they don't shopping center spots. Like, it's hard to find. You know what I'm saying? You in a standalone or in a shopping center? I'm I'm in a shopping center. Oh, sweet. In a plaza, yeah. So, it works out. Um, It worked out really well. Now, let me Uh, ask you this, too. When you was when you started looking at a shopping center, uh, and this is just for people that's interested in those shop, were there unexpected fees, charges, or like city ordinances that slowed you down, that that you never like even thought about? Well, luckily for me, with the coronavirus, 
a lot of people weren't pursuing opening businesses because they in their mind they were like why would i open a business right now yeah like be able to come in so my i was planning for the future so i was like i want to be able to open my doors the first day they say barbershops can open you know and i want to be in the area where a lot of people are going to be able to find me it'll be easy to find me because there's places in this shopping center that people come you know already so i really just wanted to plug myself into a market that was already built for me pretty much as far as like foot traffic and visibility yeah you're saying everything was already like pretty much good to go yeah so already knew yeah for me like we have we share a plaza with pretty much a mega church they have like 3500 members and i was like i just need 10 percent. if i get 10 percent, i'm booked full for the whole year (laughs) right (laughs) right a fully booked barber if he works five days a week eight hours nine hours a day you only need about 200 250 clients i never knew that number Right. It's it's between like 150 and 250. It depends on how many hours a day you want to work, right? Okay. So fully booked for the whole year and everybody's getting a haircut about every three weeks, it's between like 150 and 250. Now, for everybody's that's booking 30 minutes a, cl- a cut or 45 minutes? Or... Yeah, minutes a cut. I mean... How many? About 30 minutes a cut normally. Okay. So that's why I said I was able to sit down in number crunch and be like, if I cut, even brand new, if I cut X amount of people a day, charging this much a haircut without a tip i only need x amount of haircuts for me to pay my rent and my bills now me and my my uh my friend brock he's a barber too and me and him have been working together on like creating content but anyway we were talking about charging prices and he said a lot of barbers you know they undercharge a little bit but he said when they don't get a tip he said they piss he said but i charge a price to where i don't need a tip right what, exactly what's That's your what I- point on that so the trick, um, so I'm a numbers guy. I was an IT in the Navy, so I'm real big on numbers. Um, the trick for charging a haircut is take your median income for the area that you're opening your business. So you can search that on Google. It'll be like Morristown, Tennessee, median income for somebody that lives here is like 20, I think it's like $22,000 to like $35,000, right? Okay. So you take that and you chop it in half. That's how much you charge for a haircut. So, like, let's say in L.A., the median income is $100,000. Chop it in half, you can charge $50 a haircut, and you're not hurting nobody's bank. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why in L.A., you have these dudes who, appointment only, $50 to $75 a haircut, nobody's blinking, people are getting them. Because you have to go with, you know, how much money they're making. That's how you determine your prices. So I'm at $20 a haircut only because, which is a little high for the area, but it's because I'm a new shop. I'm going to price my haircuts a little bit more than competitors who is like right now. It's just up near me is like a great clips, sports clips, which they charge 12 to $15 because I'm doing better haircuts than them. And I'm fixing their haircuts, so I'm going to charge you more. Shout out to Sports Clips. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I'm creating something that isn't in the area, so I'm giving you an experience. I'm not selling you a haircut. I want you to come in. I want you to feel at home. I want you to vibe with the music. I want you to vibe with the people. I'm like My job is to sell you an experience. Because people here are going to, like I said, good old boy barbers. Yeah, we're in the country country. We're in the country where good old boy barbers are charging $12 a cut. $12 a cut ain't going to pay my bills. No. <laughs> the new age of barbering with our age group 
my target market is anywhere from 17 to 35. Because they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, they're watching trends, they're looking at all this stuff, and I'm being progressive with... And I think the, the younger generation likes paying more. For quality. For they quality, pick, yeah. Exactly. I do, I'm that way. That and people... With this coronavirus, another thing is people are supporting local. They're not going to go to big chains because those big those big chains are we're making money no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They people are really starting to support local. So really, it was like shot in the dark. I'm like I'm opening this thing, and I'm just going to go for it. And if I fall on my face, you know, I'm telling myself at least I tried. You know. Now and in, just- in y'all shopping center, y'all have uh something called cam, which is like maintenance. For your area? Uh no well our our landlord is, is that included in the lease? Pretty much. Uh it's included in the lease. Our landlord covers anything that is kind of like out of our control. Okay. You know? Um and luckily for me, I found the landlord that builds the suit. So Yeah, he found a really great landlord. Yeah. Which is not always the case. So my shopping center builds the suit, so they had a builder come in and actually put up two walls. So, um, to enclose my space and make it mine. And Anything he needed, he would just ask Angel, what do you need? And he told him he would make it happen. Right. Nice. Yeah, because uh, I'm just trying to help the people that don't know what it takes to open a shop. Because, like, when I opened up mine, um, I got lucky in the, the the maintenance fee. Like, the it's basically a property management fees. Where yeah. They were all included in my lease, but I had a triple net lease, meaning it was cheaper. But I was responsible for more stuff. Like when my AC broke, I had to fix it. Uh, right. Now, most leases aren't like that, but they'll have a, a, a extra like two dollars a square foot. Like one place I looked, that it was twenty five a square foot, but then they had a four dollar uh, cam fee per square foot. So that came out to twenty nine, really. But you didn't know that when you started looking, you know. And then, right, right. Uh, Luckily for me, I don't, I don't have any of that. Um, okay. That's, well, that's all. Awesome. <laughs> It was more of like, if something happens with the building itself, then, you know, I cover it because I'm the landlord and you're paying me X amount of dollars. Um, But like, if something happens in the shop where it's like, you know, you're responsible for anything in the shop, I'm responsible for like the, like the infrastructure. Yes. You know, so, um, yeah. And plus out here, it's like, you know, people don't make as much money. So everything is a little cheaper out here. Okay. You know. Cause I, like I said, I got 1600 square feet and you know, I'm paying $10 a square foot. That's nice. (laughs) You know, but in LA, this space is going to run me $30 a square foot easy. Oh yeah. You know, (laughs) on the low end, on the, not the greatest side of town or in the greatest location is going to run you $30 a square foot. Yeah. And like, it's it's all, it's, that's real. That's a real estate game. Yeah. I uh, think. My biggest hurdle was the timetable it took for people to be able to come in here and do the things that needed to be done. He was so impatient. In a timely manner, I felt Even like. though it was happening fairly quickly. Yeah. Like <laughs> from from when I from when I leased the from when I signed my lease to opening the doors, it took me about a month and a half. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And I was in here every day. And he's day. like, wait, this guy's not coming until Monday. What? And it was like Friday <laughs> evening. I'm like, oh my gosh, give the boy two days off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, and I know I that feeling, here. though. You want everything to be perfect as soon as the door is open. Right. <laughs> right. But exactly. from my experience, dude, 
people they're coming for the service and they're coming for the experience if they got a chip on the wall like yeah they might notice it but they if you're given a great experience don't let right. it don't let it eat you alive because i was right. like that in the beginning i'm like i wanted I'm everything so- done in the first couple of months and then this is what i realized too a year and a half goes by and it's like the shop looks the same everything's like nothing's new no more and it doesn't have that that feeling of excitement because everything's been done so right if you kind of like space out some stuff along the way like change it up every six to eight months like the clients come in like oh you, you, you did something new and it's it could be something minor like just rearranging the products but right. it just makes it look different <laughs> and i i guess my i'm well one i'm ocd we're both um, perfectionists and oh. and really <laughs> i and, understand and, that in my eyes it was like i'm a brand new shop so it's not like somebody's coming into the shop they've already been going to for a couple years um, good first impressions like, yeah basically like my big thing was like first impression for me is everything because it'll turn somebody on as far as like wanting to come back or they're gonna be like oh that shop is brand new but it looks kind of dingy you know and i'm like you know i want it to be new and shiny and i want it to be beautiful just the basics like the paint on the wall and and everything where it needs to be you know no i understand that i'm I'm just i'm just i was saying my experience because uh i know i know the stress levels of being a new place how how are your expectations as well like you want everything to be perfect. I was, I was just trying to let you know, like if it's not perfect for one hour of the day or like even a whole day, you're gonna survive. <laughs> like you're gonna be fine. <laughs> to upgrade more. Uh, it's just yeah, it's like because shit happens during the day that you can't. That's out of your control. And right. All you can do is really is stop and like, what can I do right now? If there's nothing you can absolutely do, then like just get along with your day and like handle it as soon as possible. Right, 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 exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Because <laughs> obviously, I'm like that and, too. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, another thing is just having the funds available, you know, to to really get it to where you want it to be in the beginning. Um, luckily, I had you know help from you know, like I said, that supporting cast, you know, that was able to help um, kind of just get the funds together and whatever I needed on the you know a little bit that I needed here and there, they were able to come through and help. You know. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And stop buying so many pairs of sneakers so that you Oh can... god, yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm a sneakerhead, so it's tough for me to pass on a pair of kicks. Focus. You know, so laser laser focus and and Well my stops. boy's in a sneaker game, he's like, dude, it's a crazy time for a sneaker game. He's like people unloading sneakers because they need they need they money. They need the money, but he's like the the ones with the money are buying more because they bored. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. So really it's just shifting my focus on where my funds were going. Yeah. And just really just, like I said, it's how you know, can, uh, I read this quote is how can you afford it? Instead of I can't afford it is the only mindset you need. Like if right. you ask yourself how you're going to, you're going to figure it out. If you say I right. can't, you stop your brain from thinking right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's really like how I'm going to get that next one. Like how many haircuts I need to do to make sure that I could get this cut without somebody blowing up on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how was so, the first week? Honestly, we did way good. better, way better than I thought we were gonna do. Um, I think we we totaled like forty services in from Tuesday to Sunday. Congratulations, man! That's awesome. Yeah, so it was it was solid, man. I was 
I and was, we really haven't done any uh, too much marketing outside yeah, of really just, just like Instagram, Instagram and Facebook. Instagram and Facebook. I, every, I'm posting as soon as I close the shop. I'm I'm posting on Facebook like, hey, you missed us today. We're gonna be here tomorrow. In the morning, I do the same thing. I'm like, hey guys, we're opening up at this time. Um, like I said, social media presence right now is huge. Everybody's on their phones. Everybody, mm -hmm. nobody has anything to do for people that are out of work. You know, um, shout out to my essential workers. You know, just oh, in yeah. case. I would, I would tell you this too. Whoever the pastor of that church is, go offer him a free haircut. Cause oh yeah, so I already, I already reached out to them. I went over to them and I actually gave them as a church twenty five free haircuts. Nice. I was you gonna say just, if, if, because they have a, a congregation that big, they all looking at the man in the front. So like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that needs yep. to be at work. <laughs> Where he got his haircut? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that that and um I'm actually open seven days a week. Oh, so nice. I don't believe in as a business owner. There's really taking days off in the beginning. Um, you know, getting your business off the ground is a hundred percent like what you should be focused on. Um, there's gonna be a lot of busy, busy days. There's gonna be a lot of slow days, but really, it's just the first initial grind is the most important you know um i see i see shops that just open and they're off sunday monday or you know whatever and i'm like i'm like you're losing business because you're brand new like that's two days of marketing you know like are you what are you doing on those times because then i look them up and i'm like you haven't posted anything since saturday and it's monday why you know what i'm saying oh, like no, it's, it's really just like the i i just have like i said a different hunger for it like I knew I was going to want to do this and I was in here every single day, at least seven, eight hours a day, painting, scrubbing floors, like everything. Like I was, you know, I painted these walls that are like 17 foot high. I was, you know, I was up there painting and I'm just, you know, just killing myself doing what I had to do. And because I knew, Whenever they said that we were good to go, I wanted to be able to open up, you know, and I opened up probably two or two and a half weeks after we were in phase to be able to open up. Okay. So people are still, you know, were hesitant about coming to the barbershop. So I think I, I feel like I opened at a great time. And then my location is on the opposite side of town for where, from where the other seven barbershops that are in a five mile radius. Oh, so, sweet. so I pretty much cornered the market where I'm at, like, there's only there's the only other barbershops in my area are 20 minutes both ways. Wow. So like I said, location is everything, you know. I like, and I like strategic. Man. Everyone's. Yeah, and then <laughs> just the. My phone. You my there? phone I cut out. <laughs> uh, okay, you there? You can. Oh hear yeah, me? I'm good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So like I said, location. Location is everything. Um. Just being in a high visibility spot or being somewhere where nothing is, you know. Um, and this side of town was missing a barbershop. And like I said, I just capitalized on it and it was just the right time. Congratulations. And yeah, thanks, man. It's It's been a grind. And finally having the doors open and seeing money in the register is real nice. <laughs> so what's next for both of y'all? Like, y'all have anything in the near future? Like, as for events or, like, goals or... Really, is just, I feel like for me, it's just, you know, me and Jess are collabing every single day. You know, we're in the same workplace now, so it's, like, super easy to collab and just creating content that, 
this area hasn't seen or isn't getting from anywhere else and just consistency man just for me it's just consistency being constant you know consistent every single day and putting out quality rather i rather put out quality than quantity obviously you want people walking through the doors but you know i rather pull out good haircuts rather than do 40 mediocre haircuts you know oh yeah definitely and for you um well we've got um Ironically enough, this year we're both going to talk to Paul Mitchell together this time. Okay. Be going back to the school and talking to the class that's there now. And then we've got Knoxville Fashion Week coming up the last week of August. So we're preparing for that. We'll have our own show at Fashion Week. And then, so we've got to plan the show, something really epic. Nice. And uh, so we'll be doing that. We, um, after that, Hopefully, we'll be doing New York Fashion Week in September if, oh, gosh, they have a fashion week. So, keeping <gasps> fingers crossed for it, that. No, they, they, they still going with it? I, not as of right now. They're not, but who knows? You know, we just have to wait. Pretty, pretty, pretty much we're about to travel to wherever we're allowed to do things. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Be in everybody's face because then they're going to be like, Maybe, hopefully, you know, big wigs that are at these places are like, yo, I just saw you in Louisiana three days ago, or I saw you in LA a month ago. And I'm like, yo, I'm in your face all day. That's, yeah, you got to I mean, see that sales. <laughs> you're going to recognize me no matter where you go. Like, that's it. I want you to be able to look at me and be like, oh, you're a familiar face. I see you all the time. <laughs> like, that's my goal. I want you to know who I am, not by the stuff you see on Instagram, but because you see me, like, I am where you am. I like that. <laughs> now, are you still doing stuff with Mac, or are you doing with, with different brands now, Just? Uh, no, I totally still work with him. I'm still editing photos and stuff for him. Um, of course, you know, there hasn't been really much to do between the Slayers event in LA and now, but totally, I mean, I'm never a, like a one brand kind of gal. I stick within my industry, but there's enough of me to go around. When, so what I met was like for Fashion Week. I know, like, say Mac probably has that thing, but like clothing brands has that thing. Uh, I know, like Tom Ford has that thing. Like you can work for different people in Fashion Week. So that was my question. totally. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I totally thought you were talking about Paul Mac. My bad. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love Paul uh, Mac. Shout uh, out to him. He's a great dude. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I actually haven't done too much work with Mac in a while. I um I get sponsored by multiple different brands. I've been working a lot with a high end brand called Gluskin Beauty, but um I'm not uh committed to one brand with that whole realm either. I at Fashion Week just use what my favorites are. And I have favorites in many different brands. But when we do our show, we basically just, we dress the models in what our style is. And then do different, pretty much avant-garde or what they would call like camp versions of my classic style. And then we put on a whole show. Nice. So I, I'm willing to work with any brand who wants to work with me. I'll say that. Right. I think keeps being one-sided is, you know, being one branded is not the way to go because there's so many more like new brands out there and 
every day, like I said, people are creating new things and, you know, obviously it's good to have like one brand, like, you know, the people who help get you on the map or whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, business is business. And, and most brands more. aren't like that either. They're not like you only work with us. Yeah. No yeah, yeah. They're well, just like, they're well, just like, Hey, our product tag us. Yeah. I like that. Now y'all both we, doing stuff for hair slayers too. Uh, I well, yeah, on and off. I'm, you know, I help her edit photos and stuff like that. Um, um, basically, it's like I help her edit photos and stuff. Like I didn't personally go to the class. Like I, like she said, I was supposed to be there. I had like my flight booked, and then you know, work kind of just popped up. You know, was like, hey, we can't, you know, you can't leave yet. That's when. We you can't know, afford to lose you right we can, now. Right, yeah, like, we can't afford we can't afford to, you know, push you off the books for, for a couple of days, um, which is another reason why I've decided to open up my own shop, because then I could go and come and go as I please, you know, but. Uh, um, so then he left me to handle all that work by myself. I know, man. I know. <laughs> so, that was a big event, though. I mean, two days. <laughs> Trust me, every day I regret not being able to go to it, um, because I know that, you know, with those guys, you know, it's. It's, like you said, it's a huge event, and it's just the techniques and learning and picking apart their brains and, you know. Has Paul said he wants to do another one in uh, in the U.S. soon? He does want to do another one. He wants to do tons more. Okay. Well, I don't know if you have set anything in stone or. We're actually. No, not yet. We're actually um trying to get Tatum to do an Elevate Knoxville. So oh, we're in sweet. the talk about that. So hopefully. You can come to an Elevate Knoxville and come see our our side, and we could host, we could hold like a podcast in the shop, you know. Yeah, no, there was supposed to be um, another Elevate, huge Elevate show in New Orleans. The Elevate Masters. Yeah, in June, but it but got pushed back. So hopefully, pushed, yeah. that will be getting rescheduled. I'm sure it will because he had a lineup, like crazy lineup. No, yeah, I want to go to that one too. So if, down, if you hear can... it, let me know just in case I miss it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I know. Right, right, right. We'll make sure the moment the date gets released, we'll be hitting you up and being like, "Hey, we're gonna come, you know, sleep in your sleep on your couches and stuff." Oh yeah, I'm two hours from New Orleans, so it wouldn't take me that's, long. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's not even bad, you know. But um, yeah, man. I mean, like we said, we're just you know we're down to work with whoever, and we're just we just want to travel, make connections, and just have fun. Like, yeah, I feel like for me, it's not even about the money at this point. It's just about the experience and about. Just being able to like, just create and have fun, and because this is fun for me, I don't feel like I'm working any day at all. So, right. yeah, I still feel like that. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. What as you said, fifteen, ten, fifteen years later. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in professionally doing it for fifteen years now. So now that's amazing. Oh, uh, no, I ain't gonna lie. Like I got burnout, you know, oh, here yeah. and there. But I, I, I think now I know exactly. I know when I'm about to get burnout. I know when to like to calm down. Right, exactly, and and that takes you know recognition of how long you've been in the game. You know, it's just yeah. you, know, you know how you feel. Like you in your brain, it's ingrained. Like you know how you feel when you're about to get burned out. So you're like, all right, let me take a few days off, or let me take a day off. But you know, it's like, oh yeah, ten ten years ago, I lived about three minutes from my shop, and we were literally be at a pool party on Sunday, and somebody, my boy, would text me, I can get a cut. I was like. You want to meet me at the shopping 30? And, like, I would leave the pool party, go cut some hair, and then come right back. And they was like, where you went? And I was like, I'm going to make 20 bucks. I was like, they was like, what? <laughs> All day. That's how I'm like. Like, I, I have people, you know, during the coronavirus, they're like, yo, I want you to cut my hair, da 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 And I was like, 
I'm not cutting nobody's hair, you know, but I had like the people that I was cutting while I was in school before I had my shop. And I was like, all right, well, I'll cut, you know, I had a chair in my basement. Like naturally every barber has a chair in their house that they're going to cut in, you know? Oh yeah. So I was like, yo, just come to my crib. You can meet me in the garage. You're not coming in my house. Coronavirus. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, this all, this job's all about the hustle. Yeah, that's well, yeah, all it is. It's a giant hustle. And two, like just today even. So we close at seven. And so we had to wait a little bit for um, our session with you. And a car pulls up right in front. And I'm like, who is that? And Angel's like, turning on the lights. He's unlocking the door. He's like, I don't know. But if they're coming in for a haircut, I'm going to give him a haircut. Oh, yeah, you got to. I wouldn't <laughs> even have been mad at that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And I like opened the door. I waved. I was like, "What's up?" You know, I turned around, left the door open, <laughs> and come to find out, they were going next door. Yeah. <laughs> to the hey, but as visibility, like I, yo, my lights were off, and I was like, "Oh, somebody pulled in front of my door. Lights on." Lights on. Oh yeah. If I'm here, I'm cutting your hair. I, was I don't like, care. Heck yeah, go get it. Like, I picked up so many new clients like that, just being the last one in the building, like walking out, and like sometimes they'll pay you double just because. Exactly. <laughs> And, and that's back to my thing about like being closed. Like, I feel like as a business owner, you just got to work with the people that work that you work with. And you're like, hey, I want to be open seven days a week. So what two days do you need off? You know what I'm saying? And as long as you stagger them, you can keep your doors open 24 seven. That's it. You know, and like I said, anybody who wants to own a shop, go out and do it, especially after this coronavirus stuff. If you love hair and you love what you do. You know, do it for yourself. Don't do it for nobody else. You know what I'm saying? Go out there and, you know, even if it's leaving the salon and going to a suite, you know, and where you're your own boss and you're able to make your own schedules and all that stuff, you know, or opening your own barbershop or salon and really just being able to pick the people who are like minded like you and being able to build a brand. And it's, you know, it's just a hustle. If you got the hustle and you do it, you know, it's some people are made for it. Some people aren't. You know, I told myself from Jump Street that the moment I got my license, I was going to learn, 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 and then I was going to try. Yeah. And, you know, now I'm at my try portion. So far, so good. And I'm able to. Now he's teaching me how to do haircuts. Yeah. Now, now I'm bringing. <laughs> now she's like, hey, I want to kind of get from behind the camera and, you know, doing makeup and I want to learn how to cut men's hair. And I'm like, all right. Nice. You got to prove, prove to me that you want it because I love this stuff. <laughs> Like, the teacher roles have quickly changed. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Beginning of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, well speak, jumping off of what you said, too, uh, I had people always ask me, like, you wasn't scared to open up a shop? And I, I never gave myself time to really think about it. But, like, the first day I pulled up into work, I parked, and I was like, I'm going to just take a, a, a breath. And then I freaked myself out, like, what did I just do? Like, I just opened right. a shop. And I was like, snap out of it. I was like, this is what you wanted. And if whatever reason, if it fails, I'm still a badass hairstylist that has a, a huge clientele. So if the business fails, yeah, it might have been my fault or mismanaged, whatever. But if it if it succeeds, I like it's, it's a, you know. Yeah. Trust me, before the doors open the first day, I was like, yo, what if nobody shows up? And I was like, they will. Like, I was they like, you know, I was freaking myself out. I was like, crap. And then after the first day where I had like six or seven people and I was like, I got home and I was like, yo, this is really a thing. Like, I really did this. Like, <laughs> you know, 
like I said, it's just you know shot in the dark and you got hopefully- you got to look at the possibilities, not the uh, the what ifs. <laughs> right, exactly. You got to look at the positives, not the negatives, and got to think positive and keep your mindset that way, and you know find the silver lining in whatever it is. Um, when I first started, you know, when I first met Jessica, I didn't know how to do like I. I was teaching myself how to do photography, but oh, I didn't, I didn't know how to, Let's I didn't, I didn't know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? I knew how to photograph hair. I didn't know how to photograph people. I got you. So she was able to teach me how to photograph people, you know, and then obviously my hunger in that grew. And then, you know, now we teach each other. Yeah. I'll that's, agree with that. That's all. Awesome. You know, like, uh, like I'm a researcher and she's like, just tell me what to do. Like, help me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, he does it the smart way. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just do <laughs> until it's done. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like to research it and then try it, you know, or watch a couple of videos and then try it, you know. I, and then she- I'll try it, then research. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it, it you know, it, it works out for us, you know. So it's like, she's like, yo, I want to try this. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then I'll research it. And then when it comes time to do it, She's like, what if we do it this way? I'm like, no, 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 let's do it this way. And she's like, why? And I was like, because I researched it. <laughs> and then she's like, it's a okay. good dynamic. Exactly. And then she's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I didn't research it. I just said I wanted to do it. Like, <laughs> so, you know, so it, it one hand washes the other kind of thing. And, you know, it works out for the business and for what we want to create. So uh, that's awesome. Well, I'm going uh, to wrap it up with this. What's your favorite quote? Or your own quote, or what do you want to leave the audience with that you picked up along the way? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say I have favorite quotes. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of them, um, but I rather leave the audience with um, kind of like a simple quote, like "You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take." Mm-hmm. Um, Love that one. So, like if, that. if you're scared to do it and you don't pull the trigger. I a hundred percent think that down the road you will regret your decision. And then when that decision comes that you regret it, when that point comes, it might be too late. You know what I'm saying? So there's a million salons, there's a million barbershops that you can go work in any day, you know, but if you're willing to go spend $20,000 on a car, and possibly, you know, obviously, God forbid, something happens and now you now that car is gone and you're $20,000 in the hole and you had that car for two days. It's like, why not bet on yourself and go spend $20,000 on opening a business? Oh, yeah. You know, because chances are you can, you know, you can lose the business or it can succeed. But like and I the said, business, you, nine times out of ten will gain value instead of like a car that will lose value. Lose. <laughs> exactly. So really, you're just betting on yourself. And I feel like you should always bet on yourself. Don't bet on anybody else to put money in your pocket. And you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So just like go that. out go out and do it and not regret it rather than wish you did it and never done it and continue putting money in somebody else's pocket rather than your own. I honestly, I couldn't even say that better. Like I would have pretty much said the same thing to just follow your dream. Don't let anyone discourage you when you know you want to do something. Hustle, never be scared, talk to people, ask questions, just get out there and get it. The one quote said, opportunities don't happen like you make them happen. So, yep. And then 
uh, to expand on both of that, what I really learned that helped me to like push myself harder is to visualize yourself later on down the road, you know, 10, 20 years and look at you being that old and looking back on your own life, like, like, would I be proud of this or what, what would I have wanted to do? Like you have to like picture yourself in the future. And if it's not where you want to be in, you know, in the future, you, you need to change. Uh, right. And you know, you can try different things, but every little thing you try, nobody can take that back from you. Even if it don't work out like you want, you still have that experience. Uh, and you could use it for a different uh, adventure. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I started a hair oil and then I, I transitioned to a color map and then at a hair salon. But all those three experiences, I could build something even bigger. You know? Right. Uh, I let go of some and then, you know, but it was to make other things work. So, exactly. Kind of like you let your shoes, <laughs> you know, to make something work. Like, I stopped buying shoes because I wanted to refocus and open up this barbershop. Yeah, but it's not. Like, well, people say, oh, money on oh, do I? I said, now I can spend a little bit of money on shoes because I opened this business. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, some people say, oh, you sacrifice them. But, like, to me, sacrifice is a word that kind of, like, makes you hurt. But it's not right. sacrifice if it's for the greater good, you know? Right. That's not sacrifice. That's that's impr that's improvement. That's investment. Right. <laughs> I'm like, you're not leaving it like sacrificing it is meaning you're never going to get it back yeah exactly so i like to like i said i like to i've said it multiple times i like to use the word refocus so you're just refocusing your energy on something else like my energy was getting my shoe game up but then i was like all right well i want to do this business so let me refocus and just figure out how can i get this business off the ground because i'm not sacrificing getting shoes i mean i can always get shoes whenever oh exactly but, you know <laughs> I might not have another opportunity to find a place like this in the location that I found it mm -hmm. to create the vibe that I'm going to create that I feel like is mine. And which in turn, if it makes money, then guess what? I don't have to sacrifice shoes. I can bring them back. Now he really get based. Now I'm really going to get him. You know? <laughs> Cause, oh. Cause now, now I'm not like, Oh, we're, you know, I got to part money for this and put a little bit in the bank for this. I'm like, nah, I got money in the bank. Cause I know it's coming in. And that's it. I can plan to, you know, get what it is, what it is that I want, you know. That's so, it. well, what's uh both of your Instagrams? Was the shop's Instagram, and how can people reach out to y'all? All right, so you can find me on Instagram at Gonzo underscore da Barber D A Barber, um, and then my shop is Traditions Barbershop T N, um, and then Jessica. Mine's at Miss Jessica Hyde. So hit us up on there hit me up Perfect. i'm all down to collab i'm always down to answer questions i'm always i'm always available i'm all i always answer all my dms she always answer all her dms you know just maybe not right away but we got you within like two days yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's understandable you know we all busy right. people <laughs> right. business is still rolling we're still new so we're still grinding you know hell yeah well so, thank so y'all very much Man, we appreciate you we for appreciate having me. Josh, thank you so much. Oh, we, thank y'all. Everybody who's listening, I appreciate y'all too. I know it's some crazy times. Just do your best, help others, and be the change you want to see. I love y'all. Y'all have a good night. God bless. Thank you for listening. This episode has been brought to you by Josh Como Hair.
innovative tools for the creative stylist. Check us out, joshcrimohair.com. We appreciate you listening and hope you have a great day.